Welcome back. It's True Confessions, and I'm your host, Rebecca Jenkins. On today's show, as always, we are going to hear 100% real-life stories from an amazing property management professional. If you're a first responder, ER doc, or you work on the Hill in D.C., I know and expect you to have OMG stories. But what most people don't realize is that us property managers have them too. So in an industry where fire, flood, or blood is just a normal saying, we have to act professional in the most unprofessional moments. Today we're talking to Ellie, and she has a lot of crazy stories, but I do want to give a disclaimer that her first story is a little bit dark. Um, It's one of the more bizarre stories that I've ever heard, and it is um, illegal and kind of dark in nature. So if you're driving with kids or anything, keep that in mind. I just wanted to give you a heads up. And remember that all the names have been altered, communities and companies excluded, and the only thing that you're gonna hear is the juicy details of her story. Enjoy. Hi Ellie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. You told me that your stories are gonna be even more shocking than what I might've already heard. So big shoes, but I'm excited to hear them. I'm excited to tell you. So the first crazy story that I have, the story is actually called Spe-Um. We actually call it Spe-Um. And the reason why is we had this resident that when we took over the property, we do what's called a due diligence, where we go and we walk each apartment home, see what it has, what it needs, all that kind of stuff. Well, we didn't get to have access into this home, and we hadn't for about four years. And his renewal was coming up. We gave him his renewal and it kept increasing and kept increasing and kept increasing. And he was getting upset that his rate kept getting more and more increased. And finally he was like, well, I'm going to need to move out. So he gives notice. So we go and we do what's called a pre-walk inspection. We did the pre-walk inspection and our maintenance guy goes, what's wrong with this apartment? Was there a fire? Was there a flood? what happened? He goes, the bathroom had the ceiling dropped down above the shower. So it literally looked like a literally four foot tall person could walk into the bathroom and only use it. Um, It looked like all of the drywall was completely redone in the kitchen where just the front of the appliances were showing. Literally the fridge (laughs) the oven and stove and the microwave. So the walls were flush up against the appliances. So there wasn't like a countertop? No, he took everything out. He took all the cabinets out. And we were like, no, like this has to be a flood. So we tried to research and that's how we figured out that we hadn't been in the apartment home when we took over. So he moves out, we get inside the home. And the maintenance guys are doing their inspection and there's no way, right? There's no way that there was a flood or fire and that the renovation team would have repaired it in that form if there was something like that that happened. Anyways, they found drywall patch behind the door of the guest bedroom and it was the size of a door. I can't make this stuff up. This is so crazy. Um, But it was the size of a door, this drywall cut out. So the guys were like, I wonder if there's something back there. They tear down the drywall, which is about an inch thick. They tear it down and there's a door. 
There's like a, a real door? A real door. And it had keys with a doorknob. There was keys inside of the doorknob on the door in, in the wall. Okay. <laughs> they open it up and there's a floor and a room. Like he, a hidden room that he had created. Yes. And it was above the stairwell to the entrance of his apartment. So his apartment, let me kind of give you a little setting. When you first walk in, has a uh, two landing stairwell. So it has about four or five steps when you first enter the home. You turn to the right and it's got about 12 that goes up to the actual apartment home. So it's a second story apartment. Right above that stairwell, he had built that room right above the stairwell. So when you first walked in, again, you didn't have those, you know, nice, luxurious, tall ceilings of nine foot tall ceilings or 12 foot at that area. It was right at the door. So you immediately hunched down as you're walking in and you're like, what is going on? So that's where the spare room was. What's even crazier is that he had a second door in that first room that had another set of keys. So we opened that door and keep in mind, this was like a two foot drop when you first walk in. You walk into that room and that was right above and next to the garage that had a cutout that dropped down to the garage. In the garage was a toilet that he was about to install. Well, what we thought was gonna be to install in that room. What made all of this even more crazy was he took out the water line, redid the HVAC system, and he had no running water in his apartment. None? No running water at all. And we're like, well, don't you need it for like your bathroom and your, um, I'm sorry, not in the apartment, just in the bathroom. And it was because he was trying to rerun a plumbing line to put a toilet in that room. So he would take water from the sink and bring it over the toilet to flush when he would use it. So I guess all that being said, did you ever figure out, because I can think of some really ominous things, but did you ever figure out why he built this two-room locked cave situation? Room. Well, after we did some digging um, in more of the drywall, um, we found not only um, drugs that were inside of the drywall, um, but we also found toys, a basketball, a doll, blanket in the wall. And for us, we felt that maybe there was some sex trafficking going on. Um, we hope that wasn't what was going on. Um, what ended up happening was he ended up moving out. We did take it to court. Um, when we took it to court, you know, we brought all this documentation up to the, the judge and he was trying to fight it, but he didn't even end up showing up to court. So we did end up winning. Um, we tried turning it over to the FBI and the FBI at that point said that there was nothing that they can do because there were no, you know, there wasn't any activity that they were aware of or they didn't have any like leading suspects or anything like that to, to confine him or convict him. That is, I could cry right now. It was $25,000 of renovation and repair that he had put into that home that we had to fix. It was insane. I mean, the monetary value and even the building repair value is one thing, and someone has to pay for that, and that's the owners. 
but the activities and to find like, I mean, for me as a mom, the toys like could make me cry that he could possibly be dealing with human or sex, you know, trafficking, smuggling, um, is just some like, yeah, you're right. You didn't disappoint. This is a story that we've, I've never heard before. Ever. I mean, I've had, I've had district managers, I've had regional managers that were shocked. I mean, we were all shocked. People, we we had to take a video for, you know, our report. report. And I mean, you just, you got the chills in in there. Cause I actually personally went in myself um, with the property manager at the time and, and went into the room and just that eerie, gross feeling was in that, that room. And I just didn't want to even be in there. So, um, he's not there anymore. So this is the the good part of the story though, is that, um, he's not able to do that under our watch. (laughs) Yes. I hope he gets caught. Um, one last question and then we'll move on to your next story. Did the neighbors ever report anything or did the neighbors ever say that they felt weird about him or they saw stuff? No, not until after he moved out and we were doing major renovations in the home would people come up to the renovation van in the garage and say, oh, well, we thought that they were just doing renovations for a really long time because we would hear, you know, hammers and nails and, you know, um, drills and wood cutting all the time. We just suspected it was part of the renovation process that you guys were undergoing. Oh, okay. That is very eerie. Take us to a story to lift us up just a little bit. (laughs) Right. That is deep. That is horrific. Absolutely. Um, Well, I will tell you about the first tour that I've ever taken, um, which was in a uh, um, kind of a affordable living area. Um, And it was my first time ever taking anyone on tours. I didn't know what to expect. Um, it, It was a gentleman who was in business attire from head to toe, looked super professional. And I was like, cool, this guy's great. You know, the tour was going well, took him inside the apartment home. He was really excited, brought him back to the leasing office. He applied. I said, fantastic. Thanks so much for applying. We're excited to have him here as part of our community. Um, once your application is completed with your screening results, we'll let you know. Um, and he said, okay, no problem. He left. About 30 minutes later, because there was somebody else in the office, I ran his application. It came back with 14 misdemeanors. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And it had battery, assault, domestic violence. And I was like, ah! (laughs) It's your first tour ever, and you toured a bad guy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I thought it was a nice person. Like, he had a smile on his face. And I was just excited, because I was like, yes, I got the lease. I just learned I get $65 for this commission. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. What? You know what? As your first tour, then did you go out and buy the pepper spray and the whiskey? I did the keychain (laughs) on my keys. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, but then I had this other story. Um, I actually worked in an apartment community in a college town. And being in that kind of environment, you have um, a lot of students that live in the apartments. And so with that being said, a lot of times the mom and dads are there and very involved. Whether they are a guarantor, a co-signer, or whether they're just there helping them move in. I can't tell you numerous times how we had moms or dads call and would say, 
um, you know, hey, my son isn't answering his phone. Can you go and check in his apartment? <laughs> Call me. <laughs> and there was this one mom that she did. She kept persisting every, it was like every Friday at two o'clock. Like it was, it was like clockwork every week. And she would call and she'd say, um, you know, hey, so-and-so isn't answering the phone. And I just want to make sure he's okay. I want to make sure his rent is paid. And keep in mind, she's not a guarantor or co-signer, so I can't release any information. She knows this. The son hasn't released any written documentation that I can release any information. So I'm, I'm keeping this to myself saying, well, I can't release any information. You know, I, I am bound by fair housing laws that, and it's, it's for protection for our residents and, and, and for the safety of both them and for you. I can't release this information. And she's like, but I just need to know where he is. <laughs> and I'm like, and I would love to tell you, but I don't, I can't guarantee, you know, that this person even lives here. <laughs> so we had a lot of helicopter parents. <laughs> Oh man, navigating that, and so she would call every single Friday for the same exact, yep. same exact response. Yep. So, and then she kept getting more and more frustrated, and I felt bad because I wanted to help her, but I kept telling her, you know, if this person that you say lives here, just let this person know. They can send us an email um, with written documentation, just saying that they give permission for you to call and ask if the rent has been paid. But until then, I can't verify any information with you. <laughs> You're so much nicer than me. I would have told the resident and been like, can you please just send out an auto text every single Friday <laughs> at like noon to your parent that says you're fine because then she calls me and I'm busy. <laughs> exactly. That's a good idea. I'll keep that. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. And then you said that your ending story was not going to be super heartwarming, but you guaranteed that it was going to be really funny. Is that it's right? It's so funny. Okay. So, um, this apartment community that I worked at <clears throat> was a, a very nice neighborhood and, um, there was a wide variety of, um, people that lived in this community and just, it really just had a sense of community there. And um, everyone kind of knew each other. Um, everyone liked having resident events and hanging out. Um, however, there was this one individual that we started to get complaints about. And um, his nickname will be um, Poopy Peter. And that's what that's Poopy what we're going to call him today. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why. Um, these residents complained about Poopy Peter because they had... Um, people that would come up to his apartment. So it's almost a traffic thing where a lot of people would come in and out and it wasn't the same person. It was different people every time. And they were usually during the day. And these residents were like, we don't know what's going on. There's just a lot of people coming in and out. So we started to kind of keep an eye on what was going on. Um, and it was just, I, I, <laughs> anyway, so he, he calls and he says, I have, um, my tub that needs to be clogged or that, that is clogged. Can you come and, and clog it for me? And we're like, okay, no problem. And um, so we send a, the maintenance guy, the maintenance guy says he can't unclog it. And then he had to hire a plumber. The plumber comes up and he says, I have to, to unclog it, but it's going to take 25 feet of unclogging. We're like, why? And he goes, it's, it's for, it's for human feces in the tub. We're like, what? In the tub? In the tub. 
It was so gross. Yes, he said that there was human feces, in other words, poop, in the tub. So we're like, ew, this is disgusting. <laughs> so once we found that out, we did the non-renewal. We non-renewed um, Poopy Peter. And then later found out, after he had moved out, that his information was online. He was doing happy ending massages in his apartment at home. It was so gross. It was the nastiest thing we've ever experienced. And he goes, hey, if you ever need any more information, or if you even want help or for a happy ending, here's my information. And leaves us his business cards. His business, his pimp business cards. Exactly. No, I can't make this up. This is a no joke. <laughs> I am grossed out thinking that the two might be related. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that is Poopy Paul. <laughs> Poopy Peter. Oh yes. my goodness. And he, well, you know what? Why do people think that it's okay to give you such inappropriate business cards or business ideas or just talk about it in general? Right? It's like, I don't want to know what you do. I just want to know that you pay your rent on time and that you're following rules and guidelines. <laughs> and please don't poop in your tub. There's a toilet right next to it. Exactly. It was disgusting. <laughs> oh, your stories were amazing. I'm so glad that you came on and were a guest. It's been such a joy having you and your stories did not disappoint. So thank you, Ellie, for sharing them. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks. Hey guys, it's just Rebecca. I wanted to pop on and end things a little bit differently for the podcast today because Ellie's first story really moved me in ways that I didn't anticipate. You know, when I have a guest come on, just kind of giving you some background, they say, hey, I have some funny stories. I say, okay, great. Tell me enough to know that they'll fit my audience, but don't tell me the punchlines. Don't tell me the details because I want to have genuine reactions. So Ellie had told me, you know, hey, this guy was doing some illegal activity in an apartment. It's really shocking. Even my regionals were uh, kind of thrown by this. And I said, okay, sounds great. You can tell that story. So as she was outlining it, we were recording. I was scared listening. I didn't know what to anticipate. But going back and editing things, I started to get mad because Ellie's company did everything right. They had just taken over that property. It was I, I got more details about that that were not recorded or shared in the podcast, but her company did everything right. They'd just taken over that property. He moved out. They did a pre-inspection, and then that's what they found at Move Out. But the previous property management company that had had that community in their portfolio for several years that he lived there, they had neglected to do their biannual inspections. And it was frustrating to me to think about that negligence on their professional side because it allowed him to further his illegal agenda. It allowed him to smuggle more humans and it allowed him to smuggle more drugs and continue to be a bad guy that he was because they did not have access or, or were not aware of what he was doing to his apartment home to modify it to uh, allow these activities. So... What I wanna to do today is just encourage you to please share this story. Share it with people who are new to multifamily and would never even think that this could occur. 
Share it with your colleagues who get frustrated at doing inspections because I know it puts your timeline of your work orders behind. I know it makes it really hard to lease when almost all your team is out walking units. I know the manpower is not easy or noticing all of your residents is not easy. It does take work, but this is our job and this story is why we do it. So I just really hope that you listen, are as shocked as I am, and then encouraged that you are doing the right thing when you do inspections. Thanks for listening to episode number 12 of True Confessions Property Management. If you wanna share your own crazy property management stories on the podcast, it's really simple. Just head on over to my website, multifamilytrainer.com, click on podcast and fill out the contact form. Then we're connected and I'll reach out to you and we'll get it all scheduled. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe or leave a review. That always helps. And thanks for telling your friends about the podcast. Till next time, I'm Rebecca Jenkins, the multifamily trainer, signing off. Have a great week.